0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDIC.
1: Well, Sammy is a mindless little bridge troll drone. You know, everything yeah. that comes out of his mouth is word barf, you know, and it's right. Sammy is my boy. He right. works for me, man. That's he's right. My, he's my he's bitch. He's your dog. That's he's right. He's your bitch. <laughs> and when he says my name, we just sell that many more records. That's just all. reminds people of the glorious <laughs> past, even more. Yeah. He doesn't even know do it. Do I look like somebody's bitch?
2: So, when we did uh, Van Halen Rising, our first episode, that was in April of 2014 that that came out. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like, Brian, a, like
3: a whole other lifetime.
2: I know. it's. And, Brian, the first time you were on, I think, was in February 2015. That was because Nebraska would have been the first oh, thing wow. we did, right? Well, this episode, <laughs> we've been trying to get this done. Was it? Were we going to try to oh, do this four, at the first years? Rockin' Pod? I think at the first I Rockin' and Pod, we so. were going to, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. Because we were actually all in the same room then.
3: All right. So, are we leaving it? Are we? Are we only allowed to do the six albums? Because I, yeah, I find that offensive actually. Because there's like, <laughs> I I have like the the two volume, the volume uh, best of volume one songs are like clearly like a step below. Yeah, those up. would just but be
2: I'm... everybody's number one and number two,
3: right? Okay. <laughs>
2: Don't fair you enough. think?
3: I fair enough. Yeah, but
4: we, I mean, me, I mean, me probably, wise magic. You don't like that song?
3: I mean, I would take anything over the first six albums over that one. Yeah, over the you know, over oh, the to me. Mean. Oh, I mean, not, not me. Yeah, at all. I don't like. I don't like this. Oh, really? Oh, god, no. I have okay.
4: Way more songs than that one. I love that song.
3: Okay,
2: I don't even remember how it goes. Honestly. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't include any of the covers because my whole list would have been covers if i had included those yeah
4: i stayed away from covers as well
2: my my entire list would have been dancing in the street pretty woman i mean that would have been my whole list so that would have been pretty boring so and no did... instrumentals
3: right we're not doing we're only doing lyric songs
2: no eruptions my number one we're not just kidding.
3: <laughs> well i what i did
4: cuz i felt that was a bit of a cheat too but there's so many of them that i lumped them all in as one And so i i got three is one pick, but three instrumentals, because I felt it would have been a cheat to just go all instrumentals. So
2: yeah, I guess I didn't include instrumentals. The Sammy ones—that that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, I mean we had to add Sammy. It made it a lot more interesting. My, you know, when I look at Brian, it's similar to when we did uh A C D C with Bon Scott. It's like there's hardly any songs that I would say I don't like. Like, it's, oh yeah, it's it, true. It, with, Roth
4: was tough. Roth
2: yeah, the Roth Van Halen, I don't think there's any, yeah. there's no song that I hate or anything. So, you know, usually when we do these worst ofs, we can really spew yeah. some venom. But with the Roth yeah, I have a, era. No,
4: I have a couple that I legit, I legit don't like from Roth era. But it was, like I found five and I had to kind of cheat by lumping in a bunch of instrumentals to get there. Mm-hmm. So, but I have a few that I sincerely don't like, mm-hmm. but I had to dig deep.
2: Yeah.
4: You know, I had to work hard on this list, surprisingly. I would have thought for a band I know so well, I could just rattle them off. Whereas Hagar was, was hard to whittle down to five, you know? So
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with Roth, with the first six albums, it's like, I got to just pick the songs I like the least. That's really the how, how it came down for that. Whereas with the Hagar ones, it's which ones I hate the most. So that's a very right. different dynamic. So yeah, I, I talked about how... Um, we go back to 2014 to 2015 with you guys being on the show, Brian, you've got to be my most frequent guest host, dude. That's what I was thinking about. It was funny because when I was first trying to get you to come on the show, when we first kind of met, you were real hesitant about even. I totally was. <laughs> yeah. I was... And then you yeah, became because... the, the most frequent <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guest. Because
4: I, I, I had this podcast where I barely spoke. It was yeah. great. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> you know? So
4: yeah. yeah, and I, I kind of hid behind that at first,
2: right? Yeah, we ended up having a lot of fun. <laughs> when you oh, totally. It, so, um, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And of course, Greg, I basically stole your whole concept of Van Halen Rising and wrote Cheap Trick Rising. So <laughs> good. I'm glad you did. I mean,
3: <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's stealing a concept. I think it's like just like it's a, a doing what needed to be done, right? I mean, that's well, what I love
4: thing. it. I love it. It's the the concept of. Like on the academic view, this is not like a surface level gossip show. Right. This is digging deep and interviewing, you know, 100 people and just, you know, really doing it like an academic journal, which is great. That's the kind of stuff we need.
2: I was originally going to do a 33 and a third book. That was my original plan. But when when Ken Animandy became involved, I knew I had to do something more than than what 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 i had first envisioned so that's when it, but it's not like i could try to write a the book of their entire career but then i had greg's example of <laughs> yeah of doing yeah, yeah, more of sure. what i wanted to do so it was great to have uh, greg as somebody to bounce ideas off of and to talk to about it, and also just the inspiration of greg's concept of just focusing on the the early <laughs> I, I don't know if you notice greg but even in my summary that is on like amazon and stuff it talks about cheap trick played in somebody's backyard and i was like oh my god that's just like a direct <laughs> well, that's <laughs>
3: actually great actually, i actually saw something going around there was like a, a video was on youtube that like it was like corn playing in a backyard you know that's like you know it's funny it's funny um obviously you know it was like a, a huge thing to do it just became kind of more yeah. of a legendary thing with Alan. but obviously it was like you know it was not like a unique concept that only people in southern california came up with
2: yeah, no. There's a there's a few that cheap trick did where they were just did, played in people's yards. There was one they that's did true. where they found out later that some guy was standing at the end of the driveway charging a cover, even though there was no cover for the show. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and they just yeah. like took funny. off with a few hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. So, uh, Greg, have you started working on your next project yet? Or are you taking a break?
3: I uh, you know. You don't I need to share what it is. If it's... It. No, there's nothing to share. I mean, there's like, I haven't started another book. Um, you know, COVID really derailed things for me with the kids home for a full year. And so yeah. I'm just trying to do, I'm doing some, uh, I'm just trying to do some actually, some uh, contract work in town for a couple of companies where I can, you know, basically bring in some money and do some some research for them. Uh, I'll spare you the details on that. But, you know, I will write another book, but it was, um, I mean, it was like, they were home, my kids were home from March, until they went back from march 2020
4: yeah, yeah exactly
3: <laughs> so It just like everything i think we talked about it brian it was like everything just sort of kind of got yeah. bogged to a complete it stop. seemed like, so,
4: like the last book took a lot out of you too more than you expected
3: uh yeah it was it was a uh, it took longer and it was you know it was a uh you know it sort of it was in some ways it was fortunate because i finished it before COVID. like it came out in april of 2020 yeah. Like, right. I don't know what would have happened if it was like, if it was, if suddenly my kids were home, like, full, like, my, suddenly my kids were home full time, right? And I was like trying to finish the book. It would have been a hell on earth. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously I'll do another book. Uh, but I have not gotten one other way. I'm just, you know, I, I almost did like no real writing. I did some, did some, wrote a couple of things here and there, um, over the last year and a half. But yeah, sort of, The uncertainty, I mean, now it's obviously different in the last six months, but the uncertainty for so long of like not knowing like, oh, are we going to, you know, you you sign a book contract and suddenly it's like, oh, guess what? You have two nine-year-olds that are home full-time and a wife that works a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. So, but I will, you know, I'll do another one.
2: Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. I want to keep my momentum rolling and just start on my next book right away. You should. should. But I can't figure out what the, I'm not sure what the next one's going to be i'm thinking about the dictators but i don't know it has to be something i want to write and something that's feasible like i mean i wish i could write the ultimate death leopard book but i don't know how that would even be within the realm of possibility. so it has to be something that i could actually do um but yeah i really want to just keep because i have this routine i'm used to spending a lot of my free time working on it i just want to keep it going you know
3: I, I would definitely suggest that yes, that you know, um, if COVID hadn't happened, I probably would have produced another Van Halen book. I'm almost, you know, I'm 99 percent sure that would have happened. Um, right. Yeah. So if you don't, if you don't get any if you're not going to be interrupted, just keep going. I mean,
2: yeah, definitely. that's what I really want to do. So I'm trying to figure out what the next one will be, and I don't know how when it's too early yeah. to, to like pitch it to, to the guy at Jawbone, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I got to keep this going. So. We should probably get to our topic at hand, which is Worst of Van Halen. So, I mean, Greg, you've got to be sick of talking about Van Halen, but at least this time you get to talk shit about Van Halen.
3: Well, I, I don't get to talk shit about the songs. I understand why, but I don't get to talk about shit about the songs that I really want to talk shit about, which are, you know.
2: Oh, the the, the reunion songs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: I'm really not, you know, the, the, the Roth, you know, they will
2: if those are on your list then you can, you know, me and Brian just didn't do those but if you want, if you want those on your list I don't have a problem with that.
3: It's just Well, we'll uh, I'll I'll surprise you guys. We'll yeah. see what happens. See how I feel <laughs> in the moment.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> okay, so so yeah, so we picked our the five worst songs from the the classic David Lee Roth albums and then the five worst Van Hagar songs. This is the Return of Worst of, which is was a running theme back when the podcast used to be at weekly affair and um and yeah like we said we this has been in the works for a long time to try to get greg on here to do the worst of van halen so do you want to start greg with your number five worst roth era song? Yeah.
3: So, so we're doing the five worst roth era songs which is a general principle i would say is like extremely difficult yeah and there are certainly bands with larger catalogs with original lineups that you could look at and it's a much easier to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we're going to sort of like focus in on a band that didn't do that many albums with their original singer, it's a little bit more difficult, but I'll, I'll start. Um, so I'm going to say my number five worst song, which I think I would say in like air quotes, because I can't say that I dislike or even would say that I, I wouldn't listen to anything from the the, the, the albums. I'm not, to say that i like all the songs equally but i mean there's really not a single song that i would say maybe with the exception of one which is my number one which i don't like but even that one i still will listen to on an occasion um that said my number five will be out of love again now i say that because i think if there were ever anything sort of um, if there was ever any filler on the first two Van Halen albums I would say probably Out of Love Again probably falls into that category I think as great as this, the riff is and as great as the song is it, it doesn't really measure up to the stuff on the album like Beautiful Girls it certainly doesn't measure up the stuff on the first album like Run With The Devil um, any of the other songs that I would point to from from those first two albums if I'm just thinking about those first two albums and trying to pick a, pick one song in particular that I thought would be kind of a One to point to. You know, I just don't think it's it's the, uh, the chorus is as strong as some of the other songs. I mean, the solos are great. I mean, you could, like, point to any number of things in the song and say it's great. But I just don't think, as a song itself, it really measures up with some of the great Van Halen songwriting. Cradle Rock, Everybody Wants um, Some, like I already mentioned, Beautiful Girls, But Dance the Night Away, Somebody Get Me a Doctor. I just think that Out of Love is not a song that's on that level. Again, the big caveat to say, this whole concept is kind of offensive to me that we're doing this, but I will say, (laughs) Out of Love Again is is gonna be on my list there. That'll be, uh, I guess that'll be number five on my list.
2: Okay. Well, I'll be talking about that one later as well <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay well, I'll go next yeah and and I will say that yes, this may be a slightly offensive subject for greg but
3: mm-hmm. but this
4: is all done with love, and we're all big Van Halen fans so and uh back in the day when we first proposed this, I was gonna really try to mess with Greg, and I was gonna choose five from the singles just just to just <laughs> oh
3: just to piss him off like i did with the beatles like hot for teacher (laughs) jump panama
4: when he first did the beatles (laughs) i did only number one songs that's great (laughs) and i took the five worst and i just lost all credibility with everybody it was outstanding so i'm loving where you're going with this greg because my number five song is out of love again so (laughs) well done I thought it was really interesting how it took literally an album and a half for Van Halen to have a song where I went, meh, not as good as the rest. Like they they had a pretty solid run, uh, you know, at the very beginning. So I found it to be a much less interesting riff from Eddie. And the, I felt the chorus really did fall flat. But I thought the drums by Alex were really great.
3: Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah.
4: You know, it's. Do I hate the song? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Do I skip the song when it's on? Absolutely not. But if I had to dig deep and find my fifth song, that's the one. And that was literally the first song in in order, because I went through everything in order again to make my list. It was the first song where I'm like, yeah, I don't absolutely love this.
3: You know, it's interesting you say that about Alex, you know, because Templeman never told me this. And so I can't point to him in saying this, but I, you know, I think if you read some interviews with Ed, he talked about how he, there was a, there was a feeling that the first album didn't capture Alex's drums properly. Mm. And they really, there was a concerted effort by presumably Eddie and Alex to push Don and Ted to make sure that there was more of a focus on Alex's ability. And so if you, especially if you listen to that song in headphones, it's actually unbelievable. Actually, Alex's drumming is like, like jaw dropping, right? It's like Absolutely. incredible. And so the stereo field, when you listen to that too, particularly, it's almost, it feels like you're sitting like right inside of Alex's drum kit. So it's really a remarkable song. So it's almost, Templeton picked the songs, but maybe the, there was a lobbying for that song over some of the other songs. There probably were, you know, there, there probably were some other songs on the demo that they could have put on that may have been a better song, like a better, a better song, a catchier song. But maybe that was one of the things that the brothers were sort of thinking that they really wanted to make sure there was something that let Alex shine, right, you know light up the sky and uh, i'd love to get them both kind of fall in that category with the drum the drums are more um pronounced in sort of alex's technique around the kit and that type of stuff so that i wonder if that's part of it too it's like well we you know it may not be as great of a song but the brothers really like this song because it's doing more for for uh for alex's drum playing
2: right yeah like you guys are saying you're not going to find any any songs on these early Van Halen albums that are shitty, that are a piece of shit that you're going to just be dismissive of. They're all going to have a cool riff, a good solo, cool drums. There's going to be something in there. Roth is going to be funny. There's going to be elements you like in any of them. And so, yeah, it's just a matter of <laughs> which are the, which are the ones I would want to listen to the least, I guess. is Right. I. And so my number five is probably going to be, <laughs> I'm I'm guessing it might be controversial. I don't know, but it's loss of control from women and children first, which I just think the chorus it's the chorus that I don't like. It has no melody. I think it's just a dud of a chorus, there but there's parts of it I like. and uh, I, also it seems like it's um they did this song better as Hot for Teacher in a lot of respects.
3: So nine number four is gonna be Light Up the Sky. Now I say that with really? Yeah, with the mindset. When I think about sort of opening tracks in all the Van Halen albums, think about Running with the Devil, uh Credible Rock, Mean Street. I, I look at this song in the context of the first four albums. Yeah. Particularly, and I go, you know, it's a good song. It's a it's a very good song, and I like the song. I mean, it's obviously they opened they opened the, the second tour with it. They toured um, by having that as their opening song all year long. Um, but I just don't I just don't think it quite has the like it has like especially when you think sandwiched between um, Run with the Devil and sandwiched against. Cradle Rock, I just don't think it like measures up as an opening song for an album. So again, I saying that as if it, it's like like which of your children do you hate the most? It's like, you know, it's like, you know, I love my children. I love them all the same, you know. Like, <laughs> you have to at you have to say one you hate the most and you're like, okay, you know, you don't want to say wow. it. So um but again, it's all in you know, it'd be like saying like, you know, which song do you hate the most on Zeppelin two or something like that? It's like it's an offensive concept. What do you mean? I don't hate any of the songs on <laughs> Zeppelin Two, they're all great. So this whole I thing is is is, is is trash. This whole concept is trash. So you know. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> so I mean, in the context of Van Halen, I mean, yeah, I, I reject it in this in this in this uh, situation. So that's yeah. It's, <laughs> again, again, it's a great song, right? But like, out of all this, like, I'm thinking of like, out of all, I mean, even when, uh, where have all the good times gone? I probably I like better probably than Light of the Sky. I do like it better than Light Up the Sky.
4: Wow, hmm. I love that song. I love that groove. Man, that's I'm really
3: surprised to hear this.
2: Yeah, that was what well, definitely wasn't a. a way,
3: this wasn't my idea. I, I tried to tell you guys we shouldn't do this. I was soldier for four years. So you wanted, it. you <laughs>
2: no, wanted the t-
3: best, you got the best. Here it is.
2: <laughs> you just said the whole concept is trash.
3: <laughs> Man, I'm just trying. to get idea. the. It was Brian's idea. I know how this works. we will going talk about the COVID vaccine and about like. Or something else, and we'll get the we'll get the blabbermouth headline. You know, Greg Renoff says, <laughs> the, <laughs> "Greg <the>, Renoff <laughs>
2: would rather get COVID than pick the worst Van Halen song." <laughs> right,
3: there you go. I'd rather get COVID than get vaccinated or pick the worst Van Halen song. There you go. We're guaranteed like a hundred thousand hits on blabbermouth and end. COVID nineteen eighty four.
2: That's great. That's great.
4: Oh my goodness! Oh, I knew this would be great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, my number four uh, is In a Simple Rhyme. Oh, my God. Um, I'm putting this as, again, not a bad song. I just don't think it's a great song. And I just don't find there's enough hooks in it. And it's rather forgettable. So, for me, that's my number four.
2: Mm. I love that song, but you know what's funny about it is it's it's one of the least Van Halen-feeling songs, probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's more of a formulaic song, probably. I mean, that's the thing about why these are hard to pick is because usually Eddie Van Halen is doing something fucking cool I mean, and mind-blowing. Yeah, always. Yep. <laughs> no matter what, so... And that's probably one of the, one of the songs where it, it's more about just the basic song structure than what Eddie is really doing, maybe. But... Yeah,
4: for sure, because Eddie's known, as you all well know, is that for like mad scientists would, yeah. would spend years working on a song. Yeah. And if he didn't quite have it, he'd put it away and pull it back up five years later and keep on working. So everything he plays is so well thought out and worked on that he doesn't do throwaway songs. Mm-hmm. you know for filler that's just not in its nature but you know this is the exercise so you know gotta pick some songs and I'm going with that one yeah but
1: I want you to-
2: Okay well my number four this is another one that probably get uh, comments about uh, from 1984 it's called Girl Gone Bad mm. Mm. I like Wow! yeah <laughs> well it's it's a it's a it's a perfect example of what I was just saying. I like a lot of what Eddie's doing and I like the verse. I just don't think it has a very good chorus. So it doesn't quite feel like a, I think a lot of times David Lee Roth. Well, I mean, we'll get to it later with Sammy. I think a lot of what Eddie would create was really hard to come up with a melody for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so sometimes, Absolutely. sometimes I think maybe there was just something like where, how are you going to make a chorus out of this? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um. I don't know. So, yeah, I guess well, it's
3: uh, funny. You mentioned, you mentioned that the, 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 uh, it's never been, like, 100% confirmed by one of the guys in the band. But there's some, you know, documents that got sold on eBay that were from Warner Brothers or from, I think, from Van Halen's management, actually. But it was, like, anytime, any place was actually, I think, almost positive. I think most people would agree with me, the original title. So it was, like, instead of Girl Gone Bad, it was, like, any time, any place, you can imagine Ross singing that. And so, obviously, then he kind of switched it around and come up with this other concept of Girl Gone Girl Gun Bad. But it, it went through at least one... You know, lyrical or something you know, rewrite. So maybe that was one of the songs he had to labor over to kind of get get nailed down for what he wanted to do with it.
2: Wow, yeah, because think of how many more there's. There's more syllables, so that's like a completely different. Hmm. Yeah. Well,
4: well. For, further to your point, you look at Hot for Teacher. As I understand, that was an instrumental to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I defy anybody else but Dave Lee Roth to try to come up with lyrics to that music. Yeah. Like right. You know what I mean, like, and it became one of the top singles as it should be. But that—that's a tough piece of music to put some some lyrics on.
2: No, and I think that's 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 what I. One thing I noticed, <laughs> slogging my way through these uh, Sammy albums for the second part of this <laughs> exercise, that's one thing I really noticed is how Sammy uh, just would do the most obvious, easiest way out, and uh, never. There's never a, a melody that's intricate or weaving in with the the guitar parts or the kind of the kind of stuff Roth yeah. would, would pull off. I have off. some
4: similar complaints when we get to that list, yeah. for sure.
2: So, yeah, I agree that uh, Roth, he had his work cut out for him sometimes, and he usually did a great job. So I guess that's the songs that are going to make this list are the ones where he couldn't quite pull it off. Yeah. Maybe, yeah.
4: And for me on Girl Gone Bad the music the music to me is so great that I don't care what Roth does right. I'm not putting this on there cuz the music's outstanding to me
3: Okay, my turn. Yeah, number, sure. <laughs> number three. I'm going to, uh, you know, I've been, I, I, I've actually changed my stream here. You guys have convinced me about Loss of Control, I and mean, I think that's actually what I hadn't thought about, but actually that's, you know, um, it's actually a fun song because it's a product of those guys mocking punk rock. They wrote that song in 1977 at the time they were playing on the strip up against a lot of the um, the, the punk rock bands that were either coming in from New York or, or uh, from out of town or the local bands and a lot of them they sort of uh, obviously the the uh the guys at van halen didn't really respect these bands um and it, from what i've understood too like a lot of the bands thought the guys in Van Halen, they called them like the hippies or something like that they would actually say oh here the hippies are here because they have like long like hair and like bell bottoms they say oh, here's the hippies um so there was like sort of this like sort of uh, you know uh tolerated contempt for the two you know the two schools of uh, musical thought there that those guys. I mean, I think they got along okay with a lot of these fans, but are sort of like, yeah, we think your music's kind of dumb, and we think your music's kind of dumb. So, ain't talking about love, and then uh, Lost Control were both products of this sort of like kind of quasi tongue in cheek. We're going to mock punk rock, we're going to write a Van Halen song again. I think out of like what you would call filler, which I think is a is a very loaded concept. And, thinking about the first six Van Halen records, but I would say that probably is a, you know, a song that would be, would be filler. I, and I also want to emphasize one thing about this song is I think there are a handful of guitarists who can really play solos that actually have a sense of humor to them. And this solo in particular, I thought is like, I thought it's um, an example of how Eddie Van Halen would be, you know, sound angry and pissed off on stuff on fair warning or some of the stuff on 1984, which sounds really kind of like, you know, much more aggressive and, just angry for lack of a better term and then something like this if you listen to this solo it's 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 almost sounds like it's like a a soundtrack to like a cartoon a warner brothers cartoon or something i can always see like like you know bugs bunny running around as i listen to that solo for whatever reason so there's that you know those redeeming qualities about it but yeah i mean it's like you know it's just lyrically it's not particularly interesting because again it was meant to be this punk rock parody so i'm going to put that as my next one
4: Now we're getting into stuff where I can legitimately say I don't like it. So for me, the first one is "One Foot Out the Door." a fair warning. Don't like the song. Never have. Never will. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard. I don't just hmm. I, this song has very little redeeming qualities to me. And that's probably yeah. I, I, there's only a couple songs in their entire six album catalog that I truly don't like. This is one of them. Yeah, for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Is it the uh, is it the keyboard stuff?
4: Yep. Everything. <laughs> I don't like the vocal melody. I don't like the the keyboard. I don't like the tone of it. I don't. There's nothing to me that about this song. that's appealing. There's nothing appealing about it.
2: Yeah, Fair Warning is my favorite, and I just like it all the way through. There was nothing on that record that was even going to be a contender for this list at all for me. And I think it's a part of it is that it's just as a as an album. I think it's so great which i think that's the, that's another part of what made this difficult is that any mm-hmm. of these songs if you just put the record on you're just going to listen to, to oh, the yeah. whole yeah. thing right. so yeah
4: and fair warning is probably my favorite record too except for this song
2: yeah right so we have my number three (laughs) so um (laughs) growing up in milwaukee um, a lot of bands they would pick a couple of songs and just play them and we didn't have a tape player in the car and we spent way too much time in the car once we got our driver's licenses and we listened to way too much of them playing the same damn songs over and over and one song that i never want to hear again is Jamie's Crying, which they play it oh, wow. so much. I have definitely have permanent burnout on this song, but I also think that I never really liked it as much as the the rest of the songs on the first album either, and I never really liked the chorus that much. But I think mainly I I never want to hear the song again just because of, wow, <laughs> the radio growing up, but at the same time, if I put the the album on, I'm just gonna to listen to the album, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna walk over there and skip the song or anything, but um, well,
4: that's definitely the biggest surprise I've heard yet tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll say that,
2: yeah. Hmm. Greg so needs some time two? to recover.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of number two. It's like uh, that was a, that was a shocker to me. Yeah, that's cool. uh, yeah, didn't see that coming. So yeah, so for me, I'll go with uh, number two. I'm going to go with On Fire. On Fire was, if I recall correctly, in the set that I had growing up. It was on the the, the end of side one, and then side two ended with Ice Cream Man. Although on the album. And the CD, it's the last song on the record, I believe, right? It's after Ice Cream Man. I think that's right. Instrumentally, I mean, it's like out of this world. A bunch of the stuff that Eddie plays on that that song. I just don't think it's. is if I was gonna like have to like chop one song off of Van Halen. Someone said if you have to eliminate one song off Van Halen, one, um, I would eliminate On Fire. And even so, I think it's like a, a great a great way to end a record. It's like, actually, that, this the way they sequenced, the way the, the Temple ultimately sequenced the record. Um, I thought that was, a, you know, that was the right place for that song. It's like, I try to think about, could you have re sequenced the record in different ways? You probably could have, but I think, you know, that sequence in particular on that album is like, because it like fades out with those incredible screens from Roth and that kind of like siren sounding uh, guitar playing from Eddie Van Halen it sort of leaves you like, with this like air raid, like unsettled feeling when the album ends. But you know, is it as good as the other songs on the album? Uh, so I, I don't think it's better than like Fear Your Love Tonight" or uh, obviously not by talking about love. Or, um, you know, for me, Jamie's crying is a better song. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chop that one off. didn't see that one coming either this way this wasn't my idea i'm just gonna say it again this wasn't my idea right i was totally against this
2: hey i just picked jamie's crying. i told you i'll say it again
3: so blabbermouth can hear me carefully it's like this is the COVID 1984 episode and i would rather catch COVID than do this again or something
4: okay so my number two i'm absolutely cheating so there is it better not
3: be for one of the other albums than the six albums
4: (laughs) No, 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 but there's a... I'm lumping in a bunch of instrumentals. Tora Tora, Sunday Afternoon in the Park in 1984. As... Because I could not, you know, in good conscience, have, you know, picked that as three different ones. I'm lumping them together. Because all of those... Like, the only one that has any reason to exist in my mind is possibly 1984 to kind of almost warn people of the new sound they're about to hear within the band. And just kind of like... You know, a little appetizer for what's coming. But ultimately, all three of them added virtually nothing to the record. And mm. Tora Tora and Sunny Afternoon in the Park, the albums, frankly, I think would have been better off without them.
3: Mm. Wow.
2: I'm never a big fan of intro instrumentals, personally.
3: Yeah, I don't have any Except tooth any and
2: nail specific. by
4: Dawkins. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, my number two is... Uh, <laughs> is that what we're, we're on, my number two? Your number um, two, yes, sir. So I I, I admit it's a well-written pop song, but I think I even thought about In a Simple Rhyme in the same vein. I think I that stuff I was saying earlier, it had crossed my mind when I was thinking about putting this song on my list. Because it's just not a Van Halen song. It's "Dance the Night Away." I just think it's lame. Ooh, baby, baby, dance the night away. I, I don't know. It just seems, and it's the first song on the album after a cover. It and it. I mean, I I I actually I uh, was reading that this was written in the studio, and is this? It's like the only song on the album that they didn't already have, like when they made the first album, right, Greg? I think uh,
3: it's... Yeah, I think it, I, I mean, I don't know if it was fully written in the studio. They may have had the riff or something like that, but I think they, like, they finished it off. Yeah, it was, um, and that was definitely, I, you can be sure, a Templeman a Templeman special in terms of, like, I'm not saying he, like, forced those guys, but I'm sure he heard that, that poppy thing and was like, I want to do something with this. You know, I, I, as I talked about in the book that Ted told me a million times, he was very focused on the fact that, that um, he wanted these bands that he produced, these hard rock bands, like a band like Van Halen's we talked about, to have pop singles because he didn't want what happened to Montrose happened to Van Halen where they were like, no radio hit and you like fade away. Like Ted said, he never kind of got over the failure of Montrose. So I'm not surprised he was like, I, you know, and again, I don't know for sure. I never heard from, you know, from anybody in the band that kind of came out specifically and said they didn't like, you know, I never heard Eddie Van Halen say in an interview like, I did not like Dance the Night Away. I mean, he, he didn't say that. Um, but, but I I am very confident in saying that Templeman didn't force it on those guys, but he probably really tried to work to say that we should, this is good. We should work on this or finish this. Like this, what an idea, like kind of encouraging that to be finished for the sake of having that single. And, you know, that it makes sense, right? That was like a top, that was a top 20 single for for them.
2: It definitely seems like a purposeful single. Yes. It seems devoid of every, almost anything that makes Van Halen cool. And then right after this song comes "Somebody Get Me a Doctor," which is everything you love about Van Halen. Right. So, right. I I I don't know. I don't think it's a bad song. Um, I think the dance then anyway is pretty lame. I don't know. It, but it just to me as, a, thinking about people who loved the first Van Halen album, then Van Halen two comes out and what they hear. Right away, is this, mm-hmm. I think there were probably a lot of people who were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you know, to me, I you know, the first time I ever heard this song was just on the radio, and amongst everything else, I mean, by the time right. I even heard this, 1984 was out, so right. I don't if have you think any. It was on kind the radio of, um... in
3: 1979, it was like a perfect, like yeah, you know, like like uh, Fleetwood Mac pop, uh, pop rock song.
4: Yeah, yeah. So you That's just little... pick that to piss people off, right?
3: Are we have we arrived? Yeah, we're there. Okay, this was this was the easiest, the easiest for me. And so my number one is I'll wait. Mm. What? Uh, (laughs) it's I'll
1: wait.
3: It's my least favorite. Yeah, it's my least favorite from the first. Wow.
4: Now
3: that's gonna be a blabbermouth. Holy shit. It'll be like in between the Ted Nugent and uh, the Aaron Lewis post. <laughs> 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 um, so, you know, oh. I really don't think the song even has a hook. Like you know, uh, Brian was talking about the the sort of the lack of catchy choruses and stuff, and I I, I just don't think it's. It's particularly catchy. Um, you know, I know that there was a lot of focus by Ed and Al and probably Don Landy to, to get this song on the record. I don't, you know, assuming Michael Anthony was neutral, I, I think that Ross was not sold on this song, and Templeman certainly wasn't sold on this song. And so I just I just feel like it's almost like, oh, yeah, we have to have another. It. it was almost like there was like a quota that had been established in my mind, like there was like, we're going to have three things with keyboards. And they're going to be like, sound like keyboards. They're not going to sound like guitar keyboards. They're not going to sound like the stuff from Fair Warning. They're not going to sound like the stuff from Diver Down that has nice keyboards. It's going to sound like like synth keyboards. And so I hear that. The so- now, that said, this I think the solo is actually one of the best on the record. It's actually kind of an incredible, incredible solo. Is it like a remarkable song? No, I think it's very, very just sort of But In terms of it like not fitting with Van Halen, I mean, yes, I get it. This is, the, this is sort of the future of what Vanilla's going to become, more keyboards once Hagar joins and sort of previews that. But I just think it's like, I mean, I guarantee you they had songs in the can that were better than that one. I guarantee you there was like other songs they had worked up, three or four songs kicking around that they could have done a better better song um, than this. And so that's my number one. I'm just not a fan. I just never have really, you know, it, it, and honestly on 1984, I will occasionally skip it. I mean, I will just like fast forward through it to go to the next song if it's a CD or on my phone or whatever, because it's just like, you know, it's just, it's fine, right? It's fine. I'm not going to like die if I listen to it, but it's just not like, you know, it's just kind of met for me. And, I, and again, that's more than anything else on Diver Down, any of the other Van Halen songs, this is the one that I'm sort of like, you were asking me like, get rid of one Van Halen song from their albums permanently. This would be the one I would do it for the first six.
2: Wow. Well,
3: I know. It's, 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 I know. It's, so, like, it so is. The,
4: the whole point of this for me, which I thought was going to be hilarious, was to have you be all upset. And now I'm the one gritting my teeth.
3: Like, what the heck? You lo- you like All Wait I- that much? I Love that song. What? Oh, oh yeah. I think
4: it's fantastic. Yeah, I, like it. I think. Oh, I mean, i probably... I think that if if it was, it's, it's a classic song where Roth made it work brilliantly, and if Hagar had to
3: do it, it would have been
2: garbage. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Well, he I mean, would have destroyed
3: Magana. it. Can we talk about Michael McDonald right in the chorus?
2: Well yeah, I was gonna say that I was gonna say if we ever do a best of Michael McDonald, I'll wait It's my number one.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> came from somewhere back in a long ago. I will tell you guys that yeah,
3: there um you know, there was that there there was a there was a tape, right? At one point there was a tape with Michael McDonald singing.
2: Oh, you know God. kind of whatever
3: he did scatting his scatting his way through it or whatever but the chorus melody michael McDonald wrote the chorus melody and, and i think um i'm pretty confident in saying from what i understand it was the chorus like oh wait that that was his phrase he came up with that sort of and he wrote that chorus so hmm. um yeah there, you you could, there was there was a version of that song with Eddie's keyboard demo, with Michael McDonald again, either scatting the, the lyrics for the, the verses or whatever, but with a chorus, that was that was the chorus.
2: That's even worse wow. than Hagar. Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I'm definitely like sick of that song in terms of it's overplayed, but it's really good. <laughs> so. Really good? Yeah, yeah. I think it is. I mean, the me- I think I mean, it's got a great melody.
3: Again, all relative speaking. I mean, just like. You go, oh, wow, this is really controversial I mean, this is like <laughs>
1: Alright,
4: my number one the first thing I did when I sat down to make my list is I wrote this song down. Then I started listening to the records all the way through each one because I okay. knew instantly he was always going to be lost of control of women and children first. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I absolutely hate this song. The chorus it. is terrible. Yeah. It is not a chorus. It is awful.
2: Yeah, that it's not a chorus. That's really the problem.
4: <laughs> oh, it's brutal.
2: Yeah. Well, it just like, doesn't have a melody. Uh, buh, 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 buh. you know that's not there's no, nothing melodic about that
4: exactly <laughs> like this is a, a song i absolutely wish never made it to the album
2: and they had so many other songs <laughs> they really did have a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. but um you know i think i i think it does have an element of fun to it though
4: no i think it's just a bad song
2: yeah i mean it's yeah. Well, my number one is very anticlimactic because it's out of love again, which was both of your number five, I think.
4: That's right, yeah, number five for both. Of us. It just
2: the problem with the song is there's none of the melo- There's no good melody in the entire song. I don't think the verse or the chorus. I don't think any of the vocal melody is really any good at all. Which is probably because, as we were talking about, Roth had his work cut out for him to try to to try to have to come up with something that worked. I think the there's kind of some basic riffs in there too, where it's like. All you can, yeah. all he could really do is sing with the riff. Right. But we get
3: to do Van Hagar now. So,
4: <laughs> Greg, you did it. You made it through. You did like oh, so Now, we can, get, now
3: we can like, now we can get through, the, through what's really important here? It's now you can like, have some fun with this. You know, what the thing is, I, there's not even an order for me. I, I, I think it's <laughs> like all these songs. So it's like, it doesn't even matter. I can just like randomly choose.
2: Well, you know, when I narrowed this down, I think I only had seven songs when I. When I, when, cause usually I'll just kind of listen. And if there's one that's a, a contender, I'll write it down. I'll make a list then if I have mm-hmm. like 10, I got to whittle it down. I think I only had seven to whittle it down from here for Van Hagar, but I had never even listened to the first two albums. I never owned them and I had never really listened to them. I had like sampled you never them.
3: listened to 5150?
2: Never. What? Never had it. Never. I had, I I had heard every song. I had sampled it, but I had never in my life listened to either oh. one of those albums, like put them on. I did own For Unlawful Colonel Knowledge when that came out. I had the tape, but oh, I man, never I had the other two. I got
4: 5150 on tape. That was the first Van Halen back record I bought. Uh, my brother had 1984, so I had access to it. But 5150 on tape, I wore it out. It was on all the time for yeah, like a was, year, yeah. constantly.
2: Yeah. It definitely
3: was a, yep.
2: I never Call had it. Brother. Well, I will say through this exercise, one thing I'm probably going to do is go listen to the song 5150 again. <laughs> Cause that's, that that song's pretty good. Yeah, it is a great song. <laughs> so yeah, when I, I that's one where I had never really paid much attention to it before. Probably be going back to that one, but that's probably about it. <laughs> um, You know, there's other songs I like. I I think, um, why can't this be love? It's a good song. You know, there's dreams, yep. but yep. yeah. So yeah, uh do you wanna should we keep going in the same order? Sure. Yeah. So Greg, Mr. Renoff, what's your number five?
3: Oh. oh wow, okay. So I have this list here and it's like like I said, I can just choose anything. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with um Inside. Mm-hmm. That's my number five from fifty one fifty. Um, you know, I didn't really think there was a need for Van Helen to have a rap song on fifty one fifty, but I guess <laughs> yeah. they needed to like have like Sammy rap, which is really if you look through oh, this oh, kind oh. of what they like it is. You know, um, and the whole theme of it is just basically to bash Roth, the whole lyrical theme. That was what, no. Oh, is that Um, what they're doing? Yeah, I think so. I think that's sort of the thing. Um, You know, it's the, uh, I thought the the guitar solo, of course, is great. It just kind of says, shows you the state of what Van Halen was like at that time in terms of like, they're like, those guys had, um, the brothers had sort of spun their wheels for a long time and then they were really struggling with all of the record contract stuff i think with hagar that was a lot of uncertainty about what was going to happen and they didn't really have enough songs i mean i think that's what it comes down to that's what they didn't have another better song and uh so they kind of put this thing together which you know again it's it 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 shows the van Halen sense of humor and i get that and that's one of the the more redeeming qualities of it is like okay you can realize it's just meant to be like a you know uh tongue-in-cheek type of thing in some sort of way but yeah the whole uh, if for nothing else, having Sammy kind of come on the album and start making fun of Dave right away, that, that was outrageous and, uh, a crime against humanity. So I'll put that at number five.
2: Oh, so like the wife's closet and JC Penny and that, that stuff was directed at Roth. That's what they were doing. Yeah. Okay.
3: I mean, I, yeah, that's what I've always thought. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, it's not who you are. It's how you dress. That's what I've heard from these guys and stuff like that, you know, sitting around, just getting high. Yeah. All that stuff. Uh-huh.
2: Wow. Okay. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I acknowledge it's not the strongest song and I think I had a hard time the fact that I did that that album. I'm, I'm a little too close to that one because that was my, my big one when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah I, I probably could have included that I think you kind of convinced me on that one. But it's not on my list so I'm going to move on. So let's see, I have some notes here before. So one song that is not on the list is Cabo Wabo, and I hated that <laughs> song when it came out. Absolutely, passionately hated it. Face on Cabo. I have, you know, it has grown on me over the years, so it actually didn't make the list. Um, I also, um, I didn't choose any covers, but if I did, a political blues would definitely have made them my list. Oh, for sure. But oh, I, a, I avoided covers. One. Um. Also, the short little noise songs on Balance are not included, like strung out and doing time, which, like, I can't even count those as songs at all. They're no. just kind of thirty seconds of noise. So, uh, um, that's all pushed aside. So, my number five is a song that I disliked when it came out. It was a big hit. I dislike it now. I think it's Pablum. It is can't stop loving you. Hmm. Like I recognize it's, like, well-crafted as a pop song, I guess. But it's just so syrupy. I just cannot listen to it.
2: Very wow. generic. Very generic, but it would have not even close to... Actually, it was funny as I was going through Balance. There wasn't a single song on that record that was even would even come close to being on this. I mean, when it's got to compete with OU812, I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, OU812
4: is represented by me, for sure, but...
2: I mean OEA and two is so awful that balance yeah. is like a masterpiece compared to it. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there you go, there's your blabber being found. like yeah. that's the that's the <laughs> take- <laughs> that's the takeaway. Oh!
2: Okay, well, my number five is Finish What You Started, because I just find it to be mm. very annoying. And Sammy Hagar singing sexy? No fucking way. No. I mean, especially in my earbuds, you know. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, of course, Eddie Van Halen, you know, when he, whatever Eddie does on guitar is going to be cool. But, um... Oh, it's just such an annoying song to me and totally I mean obviously it was insanely overplayed too which shouldn't necessarily count against something for a list like this but it's you know it's hard to be objective about something that you yeah, get that to was, the point you get well, to a point exactly. with a song where you're like fuck that song and it's a, it's not even the song's fault sometimes but
4: well two songs in a row about having blue balls it's like seriously <laughs> sammy like you gotta have something to write about uh, Come on, sammy's dude. lyrics that's funny.
2: man sammy's lyrics fucking a that's funny
4: yeah i i don't blame you on a lot of that except that song musically is so good that there's no possible way i could put that on my list yeah I'm... i know sammy you know does everything he can to ruin it <laughs> yeah. but musically it's so and it's so interesting for eddie like it was such a departure for me but
2: that no, I I couldn't. Do I that. know what what Eddie Van Halen could do with his hands was just unbelievable. What he could do with the guitar with those with the strings, you know. I mean, it's hard. It's of course you appreciate it. You know, how can you not? But I need
3: some wow. number four, yeah. I'm gonna go with uh, In and Out from Poor and Lawful Carnal Knowledge, and I'm gonna particularly credit Sammy's lyric on that which
1: you know like
3: um i don't i can't i was never able to see an interview with alex where he was talking about this so i couldn't tell if he was just like bullshitting and was taking the piss or was actually serious when he would say like people are attacking sammy for writing a song about sex in and out it's not about sex it's about money it's about like you know it's like you basically have to have all your your estate settled if you die or something like that And i'm just like are you seriously arguing that's what the song is about? <laughs> uh, I mean, like like that wasn't like Sammy wasn't actually like thinking like, Oh, this is a funny sex, of course, like a, a juvenile sex pun. And I'm going to make that the, the chorus of the song. So, I mean, I, I can't even take it seriously when I hear that, you know, in and out thing, even if it's like, even if like, I'm Alex is telling the truth and it's about money. Like, of course there's the double entendre there. And it's not, it's just like, so juvenile, right. It's like, you know, it's not even like halfway clever. Um, it's, You know, Dick in the dirt like is like sort of like peak Sammy for that and this is like right there with it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with in and out.
2: I thought it was about a burger joint.
3: (laughs) Oh there you go. There you go. The sad thing is he probably got it from that. That's probably (laughs) where he got it. Yeah,
2: he was driving by he was like, I can't come up with any lyrics. Oh, there's in and out okay.
4: (laughs) I love how it's like bad lyrics about sex on the album that's got Pleasure Dome pound cakes, thanks. you know
2: (laughs) yeah this is the worst it's it's
3: hard to choose it's like i was like you know it's like a it's a target rich environment for sure
2: well yeah the album title is fuck so there you go
3: it's the concept album
4: (laughs) Okay, so um, my next one is off OU812. It's AFU Naturally Wired. Again, Sammy dropped a ball. I think (laughs) there's another example, like, there's a couple examples on this record, and I'll come to you know more later, but where musically if this song had Roth I think he could have done something great with it and instead it became a completely forgettable b-side if anything you know right. like it's not terrible but I think it could have been great and the chorus definitely failed the song but man if this was 1980 and you handed that music to Roth he would have killed it
2: yeah I think that was my number six I think that was the it was either that or finished what you started for my number five so agreed
3: number three or yet or are you still going um, Brian? let's see
2: my number four <laughs> this is a song i've always hated mtv used to play this live video from what i remember they used to play the live video for this all the time uh summer nights <laughs> so such a lame song <laughs> and uh the so the last line of the chorus uh or the last line of the pre-chorus i think he says wind them up and let them go and then i cut in the 10 seconds between that and the chorus he says, whoa, oh yeah, whoa yeah, and a woo. <laughs> all, that's all just between the bridge and the chorus.
3: Well, I've been inspired by this conversation, and I've actually just added one in that I hadn't really thought about adding in, but I'm going to add it in right now. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, and this is going to outrage Brian. He's going to be so angry. That it's <laughs> going to be great. So make sure like this is I'm your I'm supposed soundbite. to make
4: you mad, not the other way around. No, it's not, it's not happening. So uh, I'm going to go it. with...
3: Uh, best of Both Worlds.
1: Oh, what?! <laughs>
2: Yeah, I really and don't like that why. song. I don't like it either. I'm gonna tell you
3: You're why. out of your I'm mind. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I sang along to it as a kid, a bunch. You know, I, I had a, um, a guy on Twitter who I respect. He's a, a little bit older than me and a uh, guitar player. Grew up with, uh, with let me finish. Let me finish. Let me let me finish. Don't cut me off. <laughs> and uh, he, he, he kept saying, it's celebration, man. It's just celebration, it's just like celebration, good times, come on, over and over again. And I was just like, no, and I was like, yes, yes, and now that's all I can hear when listening listen to the song. And it's like actually true, it actually is kind of like, I don't know why Eddie didn't like, kind of, or Alex didn't want like, it's a little bit close to that that song. It's like, the riff is very, very close, it's it's, it's not plagiarism, but it's just like, you know, that this, you can't tell me the riff isn't so similar that you couldn't hear it. it and is. so it's kind of ruined that song for me, and so... Now Again, you're you ruining ask, it for I, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Okay, so
5: All right, my next song
4: is from Balance Big Fat Money. Sammy absolutely ruined this song and it also really doesn't fit on the rest of the record. It really stands out in a weird way. But like it's not musically terrible or anything like that, but Sammy to me just ruins it.
2: It's just for me if at least it's heavy. <laughs> Like, that was the thing. is nothing that was remotely, like, heavy, like, with any kind of cool riffs or anything was going to be able to beat out these other songs. (laughs) Have
3: have you guys ever compared Sammy's lyrics on Big Fat Money to Teenage Nervous Breakdown by Little Feet? No. no. From San Sears. Some contend that rock and roll is bad for the body and bad for the soul. Bad for the heart, bad for the mind, bad for the deaf, bad for the blind, makes them crazy and they act like fools. It's like, he cop he, like, basically like cribbed the lyrics from it wow i mean listen to the song
2: Are we to my number three? Um, Yes. Did did somebody already say spanked? Did somebody already... No one said spanked. No, not yet. Oh, so fucking horrible. That's my (laughs) number three. I mean, I am not a funk rock person anyways. Like, funk rock is usually not going to be my my bag. But just what I kept noticing over and over is how generic Sammy's melodies are. He's so predictable. Like, he just... Every every me- melody line is the easiest, most obvious one. And, um... Oh, and I wrote down the first verse, we get an ooh, a hey, an oh, a yeah, a, oh, and a hey. And that's all just in the first verse. It's like, shut the <laughs> fuck. That's scatting bullshit. I mean, Roth, you know, Roth. There's another thing. When Roth did that kind of stuff, it had the personality where Sammy, it's just annoying. <laughs>
3: So I'm up to uh, number two. My number two, right? Um, and again, this is a very, very. This is like, it's like, what do I want to, what I want to go after, <laughs> after next? I'm gonna, you know, this is gonna be. Uh, uh, I, I really uh, a a a symptom for me is like, as a Roth fan, as a guy who like discovered Van Halen under Roth in 1984, and then went into the Hagar stuff. I, you know, I obviously accepted the Hagar. Hagar stuff and enjoyed it. The Roth solo albums came out and it was whatever it was, that's the way it was. But you know, I I did sort of like the whole like, you know, why can't this be love? Like I I was a little bit like put off by that because like there was nothing on the Van Halen albums that that I had heard at that point. Um, and I did not know the first six Van Halen albums super well by the time that Fifty One Fifty came out. I probably had like I probably had like three or four of them, maybe. I don't think I had all of them. But you know, I, I had not encountered any songs from Roth era where it was like Sammy was like talking about the sort of like the romantic love that like you long after. And like, it's like this thing, you know, like uh, that to me was like a kind of a, it, in the same way that the, it was hard for me to accept the, the mix and the way this, the way the songs are put together on skyscraper because I, so like the Templeman, whatever, the Van Halen Templeman slash Ross slash whatever it was, mm-hmm. that that was sort of like... I almost like get to, like, you know, uh, why can't this be love? And I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's catchy. I mean, I get it. It was a, That album was a massive smash, and I listened to that song a hundred times in probably the first two months it was out, easily. I mean, you know, but it was just... I'm just like, nah, I, 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 You know, I know that's kind of a cliche with Sammy with the lyrics and stuff like that, but it just sort of, like, it's just too, like you know hey let's settle down and get married type of or let's you know let's you know this sort of like i don't know it was just it seemed like for whatever reason sammy kind of took like a journey approach to songwriting you know he didn't really do that as far as i know on like the voa album and stuff like that i could be wrong maybe i'm misremembering but i don't remember him being like a real like i'm longing for a romantic partner type of <laughs> song vibe maybe i'm wrong maybe they were like Maybe there's tons of stuff on, like, I don't know, like on uh, Stanley Hampton, and I'm not no- remembering or something like that. But yeah, I'm not, not, a, not a big fan of that. she uh, was
2: more concerned with speed limits back then.
3: <laughs> so that song it, really
4: is anti-Roth. It's as far away from Roth as possible. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, and it is, it is without a doubt, um, I say without a doubt, to, let me clarify this, <laughs> I am quite confident that that was a song idea that was presented to roth I, i'm actually absolutely uh, that was presented to roth before roth exited and he was like nah i'm not doing that
4: yeah
3: you know and sammy's not stupid if he wanted to be in van halen he knew he was gonna have to sing those songs right and he was gonna like do something with those songs obviously he saw that yeah. right like they were like yeah you, you know you can be sure they were presented in the context like dave said this sucks dave hated this and you know sammy's <laughs> not stupid he wanted to be in van halen like this is great and i'm not saying he didn't like it but like obviously he was like not gonna like reject the song too
4: yeah, but he still could have done something cooler with it, with that piece of music.
2: It's really well crafted, I think.
4: I agree. Like, and that's the thing. I think Roth would have done something way better with, given that same song, he would have done something interesting.
3: How will I know when it's love? I can't tell you, but it'll <laughs> last forever. I mean, like, again, like, again, it's. it's there's nothing wrong Whoa, with it's it. Totally sort syrupy. of like a vacuum, but it's like in the context of Van Halen, right? It's sort of like it was. Even when I was like 16, I was like, "I love Eddie Van Halen. I love Van Halen. I love it." I was like, oh wait, uh,
2: you're no. talking, I thought you said why can't this be love? So you're talking about when it's love?
3: Did I? Well, maybe I'm just I'm morphing them together in my <laughs> mind. Well, this is and you know because that's my next one. I'll just do my next one. That's those are my two. Oh those really? Two, so maybe was, <laughs> yeah. So I'll just I'll skip around. Those are my two. Sorry, I was like had moved on in my mind to the next one. I mean both of them. Like, why can't this be love? And when it's love, it's the same thing. I mean, when it's love, it's actually my number one because it's even more like, it's like you're walking down the aisle. It's like, you know, and again, I say that it was. it's an incredibly well-crafted song. I actually think it's, you know, uh, when it's love is a better pop song than why can't this be love? And so, but it's just so, you know, it just kind of hit that whole AOR era. It's probably Van the most, but it, yeah.
2: it's probably the most un-Van Halen song of their entire catalog when it's love. It's probably, and, you
3: know, like the, like the, the, you know, the fade when they, you know, basically the last part of the song there where they're doing the, the uh, background vocals and the, um they're just, you know, singing the melody there with Mike and, and Sammy. It's just incredibly catchy. And it's, a, it's, it, they did right by sort of like making that thing incredibly ear candy. But I just like, yeah, the, like, you know, when it's love, and why can't this be love? I can't, I can't listen to those songs now and take them in. I'm like married, you know. It's like I mean, I should be like, oh yeah, this is right <laughs> in my, this is right in my wheelhouse. Give me that. That's what I want, you know, marriage forever, you know. But I'm like, when I was 16 or 17, that was not what I was, you know. I was not. I, I had like reservations. I didn't like embrace that stuff, you know. I didn't hate it, but I was kind of like always like ready to skip to like OUA OU you like to the next stop, to you know, to the next song.
4: number two. Pleasure Dome. I do not like anything about this song, <laughs> including the drums, and it's actually got some, you know, he tried doing a similar thing where complicated drums, where even that didn't work on this song. I don't like the vocal effects. I think everything about that song is absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah, it's
3: not good. Yeah, the chorus is not is not good. I mean, you know, um, instrumentally, right, it's like, a lot of that, again, it, to be fair to Sammy, that was probably a very difficult thing. He'd like like what are you gonna do with that right like <laughs> you here, like that's like again that was not that was not written for a um a lyrical, lyrical thing i mean you know Certainly. and you know i actually you know i actually asked templeman about it. if you guys know the song like act like it hurts it's called or sometimes it's referred to as red zone it was the song that was left off of um women and children first it's that instrumental thing that's just on youtube people can listen to it but it's like almost like a fusion type of thing and i was like why didn't you put that on the album and he was like well Dave couldn't come up with anything he wasn't knocking Dave he's like Dave couldn't come up with anything and I said well why didn't you put it on the album he's like you can't put a three minute instrumental on a pop rock album like a rock album like that like for that band like you can't do that mm-hmm. and he was right like it would have been weird like but like some of that stuff on, I feel like some of the stuff on on foreign level awful carnal knowledge like it could have like maybe in the right type of context been better without like without a, um, just those guys jamming over the the idea would be more interesting than the, than the, the um, thing that Hagar came up oh, with.
2: Anything would be better right. without Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> my number two is inside that we already talked about, which is mm. barely a song. And I, I didn't realize they were making fun of Roth, but I was just like, Sammy's trying to do reach down between my legs and ease my seat back. But he's saying like, you've actually got three points, which wh- is that a joke that I didn't get? Cause I don't, what is he saying? <laughs> I heard it. I heard him say, you've actually got three points. I think is what he said. No, oh, well, it, that's
3: probably like a reference to, um, yeah, you got to, a point uh, there. You've actually got three points there.
2: Yeah, but what does three points mean, though?
3: What's I think it's I think it's a reference to like when you're a producer, right? You get a point or like um, oh, you like know, when points on land, the record. Di- I probably. I mean, okay. probably. I never thought about <laughs> it that way, but like that's probably what it is. It's probably like arguing about like who knows, like maybe there's some argument they had with whoever i mean you know you can name the suspects who they would argue with that about maybe it was templeman maybe it was roth maybe who know like you know like i'm gonna co-produce or something like that mm-hmm. i don't i have no idea but that that i could you know it was like kind of like them sort of like uh, kicking around the things that they probably were like dealing with in terms of like the arguments back and forth and then maybe it was like um it could have been david geffen right because david geffen i believe i don't know if david i don't think david geffen got a point on the record but um i think david geffen got a got a lump sum off of, like I don't remember how it worked but there was some deal that David Deffen got uh, got some of the royalties from uh, 5150.
2: Oh uh, because of Sammy's deal. right? Did Roth right. actually have a piece of it?
3: No, I don't think no, so. Okay. No, I think I'm just thinking out loud. I think it, I think it, that is more likely some sort of shot rather than a shot at Roth but a shot at maybe a David at David Deffen.
2: Okay. Right. Okay, right? I get Deffin, it. I get
3: cause it. cuz no. Deffen was like you can have Sammy but I'm going to take two points on the record. Right. Okay.
2: So you might be talking about Geffen having three points. Okay, I, I get that. I kind of figure out what, what the joke was Or maybe it was
3: McJones? I mean, maybe it was like a sort of underhanded no. <laughs> shot at McJones. I don't know.
2: Yeah. And then I wrote down that the chorus sounds like a Bobby Brown song, like my prerogative or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that this. I mean, yeah, they, they only had eight songs, right? They're like, well, we got to at least have nine. So then they just put this thing together. <laughs> to fill up, to make the record look longer. I think that, that has to be what this is. I don't know what the hell else is going on, but yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I just, I think, yeah, I think there was a lot of disorganization in the camp at that point for a number of reasons. And I think they were like, then they, you know, they had pushed it off so long and then they wanted to get it done quickly to sort of beat Roth to market. I suspect that was the thing too, that they knew that Roth was like suddenly like pushing to finish because the movie wasn't coming out. But mm, um, mm-hmm. or maybe but I, I, I kinda of find it hard again hard to believe that Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen and couldn't come up with something better than Inside, right? At a given time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: It also seems like after all the drama that was going off with, with Roth that this song was meant to show look what good friends we are. You <laughs> right, know, no, it's look a party out, right, here right, now. Right. Everybody's yeah, happy. Right, you know. Right.
3: Right. <laughs> right. We have this great camaraderie and it's all comedy, right? Exactly. Well fast forward fast forward five years later, ten years later. Right. Yeah,
4: not so fun. <laughs> okay, so we've heard Greg's number one. Oh, so yeah. uh, I'll go Probably to mine accident. then. Mine from OU812 is Source of Infection. Oh, God. Now, this, <laughs> this song with, with Roth, my problem is that this song makes me angry. <laughs> it makes me so angry because with Roth, this song would have been an absolute classic. This piece of music, if Roth would have had a turn on it, but Sammy ruined it. And you know what he did? He did exactly what you were bitching about. The whole ska, you know, the whole first lyrics is all "Hey, all yeah, right, the
2: scatting, <laughs> woo!" Like it was, <laughs>
4: yeah. it was nothing for the first all right, minute. Now. Of
5: oh, come on over.
4: Exactly. You know what like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He had nothing to say, and I got. To, I don't. I just find in Van Halen. Hagar did not know what to do very often with the fast songs give him well, the piano on, ballad he was,
2: look look and, look, look, and he
4: look, I do something you. you gotta it.
3: understand and cut him a break i think this is unfair he was working on his own solo album <laughs> i mean no, he'd I'm done not, his solo not album. actually had, had the other one come out already had it yeah had a, he'd spent all his time on his on his give to live stuff like he like put all his energy into that to make sure he made the most money on that and then like you know he gave van halen the, the the crumbs <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, the
3: tank. I'm only half kidding.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, and I think, think he's it. actually kind of admitted that too in the in interviews where he just came off the solo album and he was kind of spent lyrically. And he didn't have anything to say, and you could really tell. But on this song, this song should have been killer, and it was not a single. It never it never would have been a single. It wasn't even close to being a single, and it should have been the leadoff single if there's a better singer on it. <laughs>
2: Well, my number one is fucking Cabo Wabo this fucking, fucking song is seven minutes long and uh just very generic blues feel dumb as shit lyrics I mean I wrote Sammy pukes out really basic melodies just predictable and lame let me take you down I will show you all around the, the fuck it's so bad And but also obviously I liked making it number one because it's like Sammy's goddamn mantra, his it's his entire life, Cabo Wabo, became his whole identity, you know.
3: <laughs> He's, okay, okay, made him millions, yeah, true, made in millions. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: the grand opening
5: of Van Halen's club, Cabo Wabo Cantina, with the boys themselves jamming the Mexican night away.
1: <laughs> Viva Van Halen's Saturday, this Saturday, Solamente on MTV. <laughs> Cabo, I- MTV,
0: MTV. Whoa! Take a look at this place. Take a look at this place.
1: You
4: guys ever hear of Cabo Wabo cantina?
1: Cabo who? Cabo what? <laughs> <laughs> it's great, man. Hey.
4: Uh, it's finally yeah. happened. We will be the kings down here. Who's the band? Oh, uh, I think uh, that's Mr. Hagen, Benny Hagen. Oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, you know what, the same. Uh, there ain't. <laughs> there's one person in this town. <laughs> there's one person is the in this town doesn't tonight. know who we are now. Van who? Is that a? Hey. Is that a moving van? Hey. We changed hey. that. Cabo Van Halen. Hey Mike, go ahead. On you. Um, hey.
1: I'm, hey. What do you have? Well, I'm kind of parched. I will show. Okay. Hey, okay, what's Down in is... Cabo.
0: now its own rock and roll bar and grill, the Cabo Wabo Cantina, owned and occasionally operated by Van Halen. We flew down for the grand opening recently and came back with this report.
1: You guys ever hear a Cabo Wabo Cantina? Cabo Wabo?
0: Cabo Wabo, it's Van Halen's new nightclub in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Well,
1: oh, look, Ed, we got a nice nice tile roof and a whoa. soundproof floor. Wait. What's this doing way up here? How come the urinals are that high on the wall? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nelly. Oh. whoa. Oh. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh, gee,
0: <laughs> Run by the band and named after a song on its last album, Cabo Wabo is a sort of south-of-the-border embodiment of Van Halen's good time philosophy. Well, Cabo to me means like kind of like freedom, a beautiful place, not really overly crowded because it can't be. Great food, you know. Uh, you can do anything you want except drugs here. So how did an American rock band wind up going into the nightclub business down in Mexico? I told these guys about the idea. I said we ought to build a club down there. The only thing that's a bummer is you get all inspired and you got no place to play. And uh,
5: the whole band went for it. Yeah, suckers, you know. <laughs>
1: I've been a road
3: I really hate Van Halen now that you guys like pointed out all these flaws. Okay. I'm gonna go go on Amazon and delete my delete the blue Van Halen rising from the from the bookstore. <laughs> 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 oh. oh this was this was just Van Halen oh. falling. <laughs> Van Halen falling. Yeah, exactly. Van Halen yeah destroyed thanks to Sammy. <laughs> Well, this was fun.
2: I'm glad we got the band back together. (laughs) Yeah, it was great to... Absolutely. Yeah, it was great to get back on with you guys and do some old-fashioned podcasting. (laughs) So... Even though you thought the entire exercise was trash, (laughs) Greg?
3: It was was just, it was absolutely, yeah. I I gotta, (laughs) I gotta think, I gotta think of like violating my constitutional rights. And I'm trying to get, again, I'm trying to get a blabber mouth. That's my whole thing. And
2: speaking of trash, (laughs) Cabo (laughs) Wabo. There's some trash.
3: (laughs) Um, So I went to visit my brother in New Jersey for Christmas um, and his family. And so they were having a Christmas party and I brought, I went. actually stopped at the liquor store and bought a bottle of Cabo Wabo. <laughs> and i actually, and, I, and the bottle opened, and like he started, he's like, started drinking, it, and then he like started going off on this anti-Sammy rant. It was actually started like an argument. Like, it was, like, like come on, I'm like, come on, you know, he's like, you know, whatever, saying all the stuff like Sammy like screwed this, you know, screwed the band and whatever. Like, you know, here it's all about Sammy with the, the liquor and everything, and like it was, <laughs> it was like, you know, it was like. Yeah, it was like very triggering for him or whatever. Like the of course, you know, he's like the more he drank the more aggravated he got, but he kept drinking it. I, I, did I w I didn't I didn't observe that. Like he didn't like not drink it, right? You just see that yeah, so obviously can't be that bad.